Welcome to the Detour Alive, uh, and uh, I'm back from my little uh, day of rest. And uh, Dan Jones is uh, is out, so uh, <laughs> he's not so he's not so sick. He's just got other challenges. But uh, we have uh, Scott McGrory, Olympic gold medalist, and uh, um, race director, Olympic commentator, and also we have Matt White. Uh, um, Team Director of of Mitchell Scholarship, he said, oh, Bike Exchange. Mark won't speak to me again. He did say uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said half of it. Yeah, well, well most of it. Okay. Shut up, Whitey. Um, <laughs> mate, it looks a beautiful spot there. Uh, they've had some terrible weather over the last few days. What's it, what's it looking today? Uh, I'm not going to say no chance of rain, but it, it, it is as good as it can be predicted. Uh, it looked very, very good day and lucky because we, uh, we're still in the mountains. Uh, we're at 1,500 metres here and the first, well, basically the first 130 kilometres is downhill today. So it's going to be lightning fast and it would not be a nice, uh, nice place to start if we were in the rain, this being this high. Yeah. Oh, hey, Whitey, with, with the weather being as bad as it has been, a lot of rain is zero. Um, is there any sort of coughs and sneezes and any little niggles going on that you're hearing of riders getting sick? Uh, not within our group. No, our group's really good. Um, yesterday, even the boys snuck out. Some of the boys snuck out for a uh, a quick ride before uh, a storm came through. They uh, went up because we're we're staying at the bottom of uh, one of the climbs we did the, or that we bypassed the other day. So uh, everyone needs needed a bit of a, a hit out. Except Yatey, Yatey really likes to have a rest day, uh, knowing that he's got 139 kilometres on the wheels uh, until. Uh, until he has to turn up, turn on the screws this afternoon. So uh, you reckon this would be a uh, good stage for breakaway today, mate? I mean, uh, I don't think any of the big hitters would be worried too much about containing it. No, oh, look, there's two two things. Uh, there will, I think, there will be a breaker today. I think it's going to take a long time to go. Uh, we want to have we want to have uh, at least one person in it. Ideally, one of the climbers uh, plus one of the guys from the engine room. And then, regardless, uh, we've checked out the final of, uh, of this stage after the day after the Tour of the Alps, and uh, it's a brutal, brutal climb to the line. And uh, whether that's for the win, or uh, it's for um, it's for uh, just taking time back on our rivals uh, who are fighting out for the podium, it's going to be a very, very important final uh, last climb. One of one yeah. of the reports, mate, was that um, that this final climb is perhaps second only to uh, the Zonkaland terms of difficulty and it hasn't been raced uh before. i don't think the last one has been raced it was like 2013 nibbly of the big contenders not he's a contender anymore but of the favorites uh pre-race favorites he's the only one that's actually raced up this hill so it, it's that bad really yeah it is it is that's why we took the guys to see after the tour of the alps and uh so all our climbers saw this climb saw saw it uh two, uh, two and a half weeks ago three weeks ago um and it, it is this side uh, the this it's harder than the Zonkelin we did the other day. Not as hard as the the normal side of the Zonkelin, but this climb is is definitely harder than the the Zonkelin we did a couple of days ago. That sounds yeah. absolutely well. It sounds like a Yatesy climb to me. So uh, uh, as long as he's got that form back, well, the form ain't gone anywhere. But the sun's come out and uh, sun's out, guns out, and uh, <laughs> he uh, he's he's in a lot happier place uh, with the sun shining. That's for sure. 
Yeah. And well, look, I was just writing a piece for the world famous Geelong advertiser. And uh, as I said, he's, uh, you know, only a couple of seconds off fourth, 40 seconds off the podium. Uh, and, and, you know, a big chance even to move up to second. There's no doubt about that. You can get back to that second place. I don't, I don't know. You'd have to see something amazing happen for Banal to lose this bike race. But even that is not an impossibility. Hey, John, racing's racing, isn't it? Uh, people were probably saying the same thing about uh, about us in 2018 in the Giro with three days to go. But uh, there's one thing for sure is we uh, we we are far from done, and uh, there's uh, we've got a big big battle for the podium, and uh, and also there's there's multiple stages up for grabs between now and Sunday. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy may have it. She's a, a good day for Schultze in the break. Wendy, not today. Not today. Uh, I've got some. I've got some other plans for Schultze. I've got some other plans for Schultze, and they are to look after Simon uh, till the bottom slopes of the uh, of the of the climb today. But uh, you might see Nicholas in a break between now and Sunday. That's for sure. Or, or next year, mate. When, when Simon's <laughs> not going for GC, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. There's still there's still plenty of chances to go up the road, but it's not today. But look, we've been talking about how brutal this Giro has been, one of the toughest of all time. And we're about to start the last five days, and three of them are monster climbs, all with hilltop finishes. So, you know, there's no there's no rest coming up. It's going to be a really, really tough finale. It will be, and uh, there's no place to hide on these uh, on these on these mountain stages. And we've got everyone's had a rest day today, so you know. Some guys come out of the rest days good, some days not so much. But one thing you can guarantee from the start, it will be super, super aggressive. Everyone has good legs when they're going downhill, and uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of it at the start today. And then we've got a nice little, nice little uh, filler tomorrow, 235 kilometres, just to just to fill a bit of t- just to fill a bit of time in on television before uh, before we uh, open up the the final two mountain stages and a TT on Sunday. That looks like a Sagan stage, uh, I reckon, that one. Uh, well, I reckon it's going to be a break. I reckon it should yeah. be a break, a break tomorrow. Well, it's the last chance for a stage. You reckon, no, reckon they'll try and hold the, the uh, Bora boys will try and keep them in check? They'll try, but uh, there's also a lot of teams who, have, who haven't done anything. So I think uh, unless the sprint teams are organised and multiple sprint teams are organised from the start, it's going to be very, very hard to control. Yeah. Hey, Waddy, the, the other classifications, do you feel that there's any bearing that they'll have on the way the races run for the next few days? So, you know, the, the points, King of the Mountains, Teams Class, you know, have you looked at any of those classifications to see whether there's any tactics involved from any other teams that may play a role that, that's something we should be, you know, keeping an eye out for when we're watching the race? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, one that, the one that probably affects directly what we're trying to do is, uh, is probably Trek uh, with the Teams classification. But um, and we're, we're we're not riding for teams classification. But you know, when you've got a team that are, that are leading teams class, they can't afford to miss any breakaway, and they want to have it. They want to have also guys in in multiple numbers because they know Ineos they're trying to win the bike race, and teams classification whether they win or not is just a bonus for those guys. So I, I expect a lot of movement in every breakaway. There should be a trek rider, and our guys know that. But if they're not, well, then they're the team to watch to shut it down. And, and Ciccone's still sitting sixth overall as well, so they've got to also think about his interest and whether he's up for it because he might be able to still get himself on the podium. For sure, for sure. But today's final climb, it's uh, it's that hard that you don't even need teammates because you know when you when you're climbing at those sort of percentage gradients, 
it's no different on the wheel or off the wheel. It's uh, it's you know, it's what it's form legs, and that's it. You know, you don't a teammate doesn't help you when you're at sixteen percent, seventeen percent gradients. Now, before we move on to the next stages, I'd just like to talk about that last stage. Uh, it's something that popped up in the news more today, uh, is the, the chainsaw, not the massacre, but almost chainsaw massacre, two guys with chainsaws actually going, chasing uh, Bernal on the side of the road. What, what the heck was going on there? I don't, I don't know, but uh, they look like right idiots, didn't they? Oh, there's no, there's absolutely. no place. There, there, oh, oh, mate, we, our, our fan is full of sensational our sport, sorry, is full of sensational fans. But taking a chainsaw to a bike race, those sort of people, they're better off following another sport and having them on the, on the side of the road. Oh, for them. sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, see that yeah. that that is a like it's a big thing that happens in in mountain bike racing. But they take they take the saw or the chain and the the um the guide off the actual saw, so it's just the engine. And they, you know, you see it often, you know, cross-country races, downhill races, and they'll have the sound of, you know, because they're in the woods, they're in the forest, you know, so they have the sound yeah. of, the, of the chainsaw. So that's a real they, thing in, in mountain they, biking, but not with the chain on the bloody thing. That, that no. was almost a terrorist attack. They, they just missed the safety memo points, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. did, they have, did they have masks on? I wonder if they had masks on. But, um, it doesn't yeah. look like it. It doesn't look like no. it. No, no, no. So it takes that, the whole the it takes the whole borrowed thing another step, doesn't it? I mean, I always yes, I'd crazy. rather see men in men in mankinis <laughs> than men with chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hope it doesn't give other like even bigger idiots an idea, you know, to uh, to actually cause some carnage. Yeah. You know, like it only takes a little stupid idea like that to pop up and oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I do want to actually make sure, you know, I'm a passionate fan and I don't like someone like Bernal. I'm going to go and cause some real damage. Um, I wonder what he was actually thinking about when he came past them. Whether it was just not too a... much, uh, not too much. <laughs> what are these? What are these morons doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to see Bardet uh, um, back. That's for that's the best form he's shown in two or three years. So, um, well, it's not he, for me. Very... It's not for no. me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but 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 it is. Uh, I'm a know, fan of very... cycling, but no, I'd rather see him a long way behind. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? He's five. Uh, he only yeah, yeah, 30, 35 seconds, 38 seconds. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you're right. Fuck <clears throat> a bad day. Um, why, hey, why do you be the guy that, that like, you know, there'd be the, the hardcore Italian fans hoping that Nibali can, can do some miraculous comeback? And I think Whitey's one of those people that is definitely not thinking that he'd like anyone, <laughs> Almeida or Nibali or anyone to come back into this thing. No, 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 no. Let them die off slowly, peacefully, fade into the, <laughs> fade into the distance. Yeah. <laughs> You've had a Almeida's, great career. It's not, don't affect my race. <laughs> Almeida's yeah. been the exact opposite of last year, whereas he, st- he was so good and then cracked a bit towards the end. He seems to turn oh, around. Johnny, Johnny, he, Johnny. He only had one one day where, he finished, where, where Jai won and he, he lost the jersey, but he still finished fifth yeah. and finished yeah. fourth or fifth in the last day's time trial. He did. He had one slightly below par day. Not really uh, crazy. Yeah, so I don't suppose for that's a really neo pro, that was pretty bloody yeah. impressive. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I think I think I expected a bit more from him this year because of that. But uh, he had other jobs to do early on too. Not that he very did them harsh very well. On the young fellas, John, very harsh. <laughs> <laughs> He's second year pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Hey, how about, how about the rest of your boys? They're winning Tour de France, second year pro now, though, that mate. <laughs> 
Yeah, but there's there's special ones and there's special ones. And uh, what what he did last year was uh, was incredible for an EO pro anyway. Yeah, 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 true. Hey, how about the rest of your boys? So how you know um, Hippy and, and Cam, all those guys? How's the morale? How are they feeling? How yeah, for these these tough days. Yeah, really good, really good. Um, today today I've just got Hippy and Cam just looking after Simon till the uh, till kilometer one thirty nine. But uh, like with like like with Schultzy. Um, we I wouldn't be surprised if you see the national champion uh, down the road between now and Milan. Uh, good. good. Yes. Yeah, represent the jersey. That'd be great. Yeah, and oh, he's, he's healthy now. He's 100% healthy. We've, we've nursed him through a big chunk of the race and uh, we've got nothing to lose. We're in the, we're in the final stretch and uh, even like a day like tomorrow, if that break could go down the road, he'd be the perfect candidate for us to be in it, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, look, he's not a... He's not a sprinter but he's got track skills he has now so he knows how to come off a wheel at the end of a long race in the third week of a grand tour you know in a small group he'd be hard to beat yeah yeah he knows how to he knows how to win bike races and uh that will be that would be the best opportunity but even even the day after i'm not sure if you guys uh saw the press release but the the stage arts friday stage has now been um because of that cable car accident the other day they've taken that first climb out it's not there, yeah. I was just yeah. So it, it's before. a much, it's a much easier day and a much bit better chance for a, a bigger group to go to yeah. the line. That that final climb is hard, but also that picture makes it look harder than it is. There, there's steep sections on that climb, but it, that's not Mount Everest, neither. So uh, it's a, it's another day that a, that a pretty good chance for a break to go to the line. Yeah, I was wondering what they were going to do with that. Um, with the cable cars, like not knowing, you know, if the cable car, like the cable itself, has it gone across the road or what, you know, who knows? But uh, just out of respect for for the people that uh, lost their lives, I think it's a good idea, a good a good good call from the organisation to, to cancel that that part of the stage anyway. Yeah, that, that, they just took a deviation through the valley, and not too much of a change to the course, just uh, just minus the climb. And as you say, another day for the break. It's amazing there's been so many breakaway stage wins uh, in this uh, Giro. Most I've seen in the in the last couple of seasons in any of the Grand Tours. What do you what do you put that down to? Just so much pressure on everybody. Uh, no, I think uh, when you when you have a strong team, a strong dominant team leading the bike race. That their goal is to win, so they can afford to let breaks down the road. Uh, you know, where if it, if a team was leading the race that were only their only interest was holding the jersey until they couldn't hold it any longer, well, then that those are the teams that would shut everything down. Uh, whereas now, uh, because the selection of the race was made quite early, uh, that put the, that put a lot of guys off general classification, which makes it easier for those teams to, to let breaks sail down the road daily. Mm. Um, I know you on top of this I said this a couple of days ago and it still stands actually with Bernal's win of the last stage this is the first time in history that the Giro by this stage of the race um, there's only been one rider from the top 10 in the classification win a stage to this point which is is quite extraordinary as well yeah I I think that's because everyone knows what's coming and uh, and the guys in the top 10 have ridden quite conservative because knowing that we've got such hard finals to come and I think that's also a bit of a trend with modern cycling that you know those uh, those big uh, big ballsy attacks from far from from guys in the top ten that just don't happen anymore really like you know obviously Chris Froome when he won the Giro on the Finestra in 2018 was one but you know in the last ten years when have you seen a guy really that high up on general classification throw it all out there for the chance of winning a stage it's 
it's it's hard because you're rolling the dice and you can lose, you come away with being a big loser. So at the end of the day, Ineos have controlled the finals, and uh, as we've seen so far, the best climber is uh, is Egan Bernal, and he's been able to. No one's been able to touch him on any hilltop finish. No, and we have a uh, a fan question here for you, mate. Uh, hi, gents. What do you think of Inner Ring saying Dan Martin was a top ranked chance for tonight? Well, he's, he's one of one of he's a he's a world class climber, so I'd put him in that category as as having a very good chance. But as I said, yeah, he hasn't shown that he can beat Bernal on any hilltop finish, so uh, it's going to be hard. He hasn't shown that he can beat any of those uh, top five or six. <laughs> up Look, the hills I think I think the best way. chance the best chance for Dan Martin to win today would be in the breakaway. Yeah, mm. yeah, he's at fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, ten seconds. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's gone good. downhill. He struggled. It's but... a, it's a good enough buffer. The, the, the problem with Dan there would be actually trying to get in the break. Yeah, you know, when you got so yeah, mm. yeah, he's not a big guy, and uh, it's it's hard for those little guys to make uh, make the breakaway on such fast starts. Yeah, which will make it interesting if it does if the break does form and it is full of those guys, you know, big powerful guys with you know two climbs towards the end. It certainly, um, you know, you got to I guess assess the breakaway differently if it's full of big powerful guys because they're not going to make it all the way to the end, are they? No, they're, they're going. They're getting dropped immediately, probably on the on the first category one. It, that's that's hard enough. So uh, yeah, that's that the best case scenario for for a, a, a climber who wants to win today is to make the move. Knowing that if that break is big, half of the breakaway will be guys who who you can ride away from on the cat one. Nothing worse than being in a team where you've got someone that's in the break and you're like, okay, we've got someone there, but then you know when you get but, on, the but climb they're seventy five the kilograms, eighty kilograms. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, we got we're represented. We'll get some TV time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See them halfway up the next climb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the the penultimate day, stage twenty. Um, it is scary. We look at that. You've got 2,000 metres, 2,000 metres, and then a very steep finale. <laughs> Not a bad little way to finish the bike race with a you know, flat time trial the next day, but that – so everything's going to stay up in the air until right till the, you know, till the death, really. Yeah, it will. It will. But the, the, the difference between those stages there is um, if you look at the gradients, you're basically climbing from sea level to above Mount Kosciuszko uh, from uh, – from, from the from the start, yeah. so I think it's three thousand six hundred meters of climbing, but it's all in the back end of the race. So it, it's a yeah. tough day, and uh, it, like you said, it'll be a nail biter, and uh, things can go right or wrong for people right up until the before the time trial. Hmm. Hey, what you, on a on a stage like that where you know three big climbs, but it looks as if it's pretty much downhill or even downhill through the valleys to get to the next climb. So there's no is there a real disadvantage for anyone to go on as a surprise and attack maybe on the first or the second climb rather than just wait for the last climb. If anyone really needs to mix it up, you know, would it be advisable to go on the first one? Because basically it's either uphill or downhill, isn't it, the second half of the stage? Yeah, look, I think if you're on GC, I think you're wasting your time uh, going on the first one. I think if, any, if, if there's a GC rider who um, who wants to make a move, I think this, the, the penultimate climb will be the, will be the place to move. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ineos just are not going to let any GC guys go away on that. Uh, no, that no, no, not 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 until they and and then and then depending on who it is and how far they go away, they they might just let, leave them out there to fry. Yeah, the interesting thing for me is that you look at that uh, you know, the top half a dozen there, even seven, 
how it's keep every one of those guys, other than Bernal, have had a, a rough day. They've all had, you know, the, the time where they didn't go as well as we expected, lost a bit of time, and then uh, they've turned it around. So uh, that's why I just think anything can happen over these uh, next five days. Anything and everything will. That's uh, that's that's the roller coaster of Grand Tours. Everyone has yeah. bad days, uh, and the, one, the people who win them are the ones who have uh, who manage the bad days the best. Well, at this stage, it looks like Bernal's bad day might be Monday. Um, yeah, he might be missing his flight or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had mine yesterday. <laughs> Rest day yeah. is my bad day. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Look, unless we got you got any more for for why he's been uh, absolutely brilliant as always. I know uh, he's, he's got a run. So oh, um, I'm just admiring. I'm just admiring the uh, the background, mate. You know, wouldn't, no, mind, it, wouldn't mind been there a few months ago on the skis. Yeah, it is. It is sensational. It is sensational. I can't show. The, I can't show the. Oh, I can, but it'll get too bright. The behind me. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh, see there? No, yeah, awesome. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Incredible. Yeah, yeah. In this three sixty of three sixty degrees of beauty up here in the Dolomites, it is sensational. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Favorite favorite range of mountains, actually. It, yeah, All it's right, guys. Same, Johnny. It's better than the Alps, isn't it? So, um, yeah, good oh, on you, mate. Good luck today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Matty. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, okay, bye. Okay, we'll just have a little word from our great uh, partner and sponsor in uh, in Bike Exchange. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is people that are looking for a bike or just a piece of it amateurs semi-amateurs and pro amateurs this guy wants this bike but with this crank and these bars this could be the perfect match but not this one this girl has a bike to sell and thousands of people might purchase it eyes on bikes help grow small businesses his hers yours and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving we are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. It's very impressive. A little uh, Aussie battling bike company that is now the world's number one uh, uh, bike marketplace. It's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. It's just like this podcast, John. Exactly. Yeah, well, getting bigger one. by the Hundreds day. Bigger by the yeah, day. Yeah. They tell me that hey, um, zoomed up without me here there last night. But anyway. Yeah, no, that's no, okay. Um, <laughs> the um, we talk about the GC, the overall standings. Obviously, you know, we know where those things are at, and it looks, you know, like Bernal's sort of in the mix. But I did have a quick glance right at the very, very back, um, and there's a little battle going on for last place as well. Um, and it's interesting that the three hours fifty. Five minutes behind in last place is Riccardo Minali, which is the son of Nico, Mal Nico Milani, um, uh, uh, Minali, sorry, I should say, uh, who was a good sprinter before. Um, might have actually even raced with Whitey in a team back in the day, um, Minali. Yeah. So good sprinter. And Attilio Viviani, so the brother of um, of the sprinter that's been trying to win some stages in this one. So some good family connections sitting in second last and last place. And there's only about a minute, two minutes between those two. 
So that may change as well. I'll, I'll keep you updated on, on where, where things are at at the back of the field as well, Johnny. Well, I see we've got some uh, some special uh, um, little bloopers coming up, and I know uh, our producer is sitting there with his finger on the button. Um, so uh, our, our bloopers, our bloopers, or where are these bloopers? Well, from? no, no, the bloopers clip uh, is a bloopers clip from 2010. So uh, ah. uh, we'll, we'll have a quick look at that. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. So strong with Sebastian and oh, he's my family. Shit, come here and get involved with some TV action. Mom. Some consolation, I guess. The suffering and me look like a imbecile. I tried to actually, yeah, I tried to get on Lance's bike this afternoon. I actually got on it, and um, I feel like I might have done something to the chain that's responsible for the one one thousandth of a second that he missed the, yeah, that he missed the jersey by. Giro, it sort of came up that um, you know it was said that you guys were a little bit too aggressive in one or two of the uh, stage finishes. Um, you know, is that something that you guys think you are or have spoken about? Oh, no, I encourage it. I think it's good. I think uh, get the job done. It's sprinting, eh? Bit of biffo. Yeah, why not? Why not bring it back? Like state of origin. I'd bring it back, I reckon. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Bring back the biff. Bringing a bit of biff back into the sprints. Is that a uh, bit of rugby background, mate? Are you trying to uh, get a bit of all black sweaty happening in the finishes? Uh, if I was going true rugby style, I'd be hitting out on the piss every night as well. <laughs> Are you a fan of the race radio? I much prefer the iPod, really, but uh, Race Radio gets me bored. Uh, he's pretty shy, Jens. And then he was just leaning down to get something out of his suitcase, and I could see like the skin on his head through his hairs. And I, I, I was about to say, Stewie, I think you start to get bald. And as I said, Stewie, I think you, and he looked up to me really angry. Don't even dare to go there. Don't even say it. So as if he could have read my mind, he knew exactly what I wanted to say. You know that, like, it looks like he's losing some hair. Don't even go there. Don't even say it. And of course, I shut up and didn't say anything, you know. No worries. Fair dinkum. No walking for it. Don't put it too close to the scar, though. Yeah, don't put it too close to the scar. Check that out. You put me off for dinner. Ah, sensational, eh? How good's that? The late great, the late great Robin, Robin, Robin Williams yeah. at the end yeah. there. And, and when I did that interview with him, um, so that was Dan and I, you know, working for Fox Sports at the Tour of France. And Robin was there because you're good mates of Lance Armstrong and come over and, you know, we said, oh, you know, can we get a quick interview with you? And he said, oh, you're Australian. He said, yeah, yeah, we're Australian. And he said, oh, yeah, okay, no work in Forex. And he said it in such a, you know, an Aussie way that I didn't even think, I didn't even you know, realised that he'd said it. And there was a mate back in Australia after they saw the interview, he said, I can't believe that Robert Williams said no work and furries. I'm like, no, no, he didn't. He said, yes, he did. So I went back and looked at the interview. I'm like, he did too. He did. Yeah, yeah he, he was a great guy. It's such a shame yeah. to lose him. But there was some there was some, some classics in there, Genzi. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty clear that Stewie and the rest of us have been losing hair these days. Ben Stiller, Johnny, Ben Stiller, that people won't may not remember this, but Ben... Again, this is one of the things that Lance did bring to the tour, um, uh, other with um, Moto Man and, and some illegal products, was celebrities. <laughs> you know, he's had a whole bunch of different celebrities there. And Ben Stiller, Lance, uh, so they finished second in the team time trial and it was only by a matter of seconds that had they won that, Lance would have been in the in the, the yellow jersey, right? So this would have been an incredible comeback for him to come back and then get the yellow jersey. But they didn't quite do it. 
right before the start of that, during the warm-up, Lance actually joked to Ben behind the scenes to say, hey, jump on my bike out on the home trainer in the front of the bus and the, the media will love it. You know, they'll be you know, filming you and whatever, talking up, whatever. So, okay, Ben jumped on Lance's bike but then went crunching through the gears. So he was changing gears as he was pedalling and he crunched the gears so much that he actually bent the chain. So they got Lance's bike off the home trainer to get ready for the stage and realised the chain was bent and they were scrambling to put a new chain on it. So, um, you know, we heard the story that, you know, he'd been messing around and it sounded like it was just a joke that I might have cost him um, the yellow jersey, but he actually did because he stuck the bike up and they were messing around so close to the start of the stage, yeah. Oh, good fun. Oh, good fun. And good to have Lordy on there. And Lordy's going to be a, a, a guest um, in the next couple of days, which is great. Uh, yeah. Maybe Lordy, of course, who won the, the Mountains jersey in the Giro um, back a few years ago now. <laughs> um, but uh, it'll be great to talk with him. It was a, a brilliant effort, actually. Um, it was, actually, yeah. And I, look, I had a chat today with um, Brad McGee as well, so another Aussie that ran top 10 in the Giro, and he said that he's keen to, to come on if he can get some time over the next couple of days as well. Hank Vogels is another one that we've chatted with. So we've got some some bloody great Aussie legends that, uh, you know, that we might get in over the next couple of days. So certainly looking forward to that, mate. I've got some good stories with all of those. I was lucky enough to be on that Giro that uh, – um, that Brad finished uh, eighth, I think, top ten. Brilliant, brilliant ride. Uh, and I just watched him every day, thinking he's about to crack up all the big mountains, more roll on that. He just kept hanging in there, hanging in there. It was a staggering ride. You just realised just how much talent uh, Brad McGee had. Yeah, very, very impressive. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And working um, very much within the coaching uh, fraternity, through the New South Wales Institute of Sport, and actually that's gone nationally, working with the coaches. So, you know, we, we were talking about it today. He said that it's it's strange that we we have coaches coaching athletes, but who's coaching the coaches? You know, and there, there's, a, there's a bit of a hole there that they need to fill. Uh, Jack Bartle, big Hugh Carthy for the podium, big chance. I mean, he's been uh, Mr. Consistent. Um, you know, we... If anyone, I hope Caruso cracks and he stays on the podium and that Yatesy gets up there. But uh, <laughs> that's my number one priority. But uh, Hugh, he's only 30 sec- 38 seconds off it, mate. 38, um, uh, Hugh, he's only 38 seconds off the podium. So it is going to be a great no, battle, actually. Hugh is on the podium. Oh, sorry. He is too. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. He's, he's, he's third. third. But uh, Caruso would be interesting because, you know, he's been a pro, he's 34, I think. He's been a pro for 11 years. He's never. Got uh, uh, anyway, looked like a podium in, in a grand tour. I think he finished 10th and is his best in a grand tour because he's always had another job. He's always been a great, uh, um, you know, support rider for someone else. And he just had the chance because his uh, team leader uh, um, come unstuck in the first couple of days at Barrow uh, Victorious and Mikel yeah. and, and was out. So that left him uh, as the man. And he's Ridden it beautifully. A couple of little – it looked like he cracked a little bit a few days ago, but he'd come back beautifully last night or two days yeah, ago. Yeah, he, he was good. Yeah, two days ago he was great, wasn't he? It is interesting, isn't it, because, the, the you know, he has been – he was second to us, second in, I think, to Reno, Adriatico or something like that. So he's had good results in those sort of one-week tours. Yeah. But the Grand Tours are something different. They're, they're, a, they're such a special breed. And it's almost like with the classics as well. There are a lot of guys that are good at one-day races up to 200 kilometres, but all the monuments, they're up to 250, 260, Milan San Remo, Milan San Remo a little bit longer. But 
the guys that can continue racing at that speed and that intensity from 200 up to 250, 260 kilometres, that group of people just gets narrowed right down. And it's the same with the Grand Tours. The ones that actually are consistent contenders, that's a very, very niche little market of, of yeah. superhumans. Um, and Crusoe, while he's been good in races, hasn't shown this kind of uh, ability before. And he's 33. So this will be a fantastic ride if he can actually keep himself in second or third. Well, it's going to go close. I mean, uh, we're, down, we're down to the real nitty-gritty of this bike race. Uh, but as we've been saying, three monster days to come. Yeah, the Giro starts now. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost saying that, aren't we? But, and the other interesting thing, you know, look, when you look at how Bardet has, uh, uh, Bernal, Bernal has actually dominated this. When, he, when anyone's done any attacking, he's been able to attack over top of them. And he really, you, you think, oh, look, he'd be five minutes in front or six minutes in front. Well, he's only, you know, two minutes 24 in front. So for all of that that they've done, he's, not, he's still not a long way clear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, look, look at um, Tom Dumoulin. You know, Lucky Camboy ended up winning the Giro, but there was, you know, the number two toilet stop that he had to do. It uh, changed everything only a couple of years ago. So yeah, any, anything can happen in the Giro, and it normally does. So, um, but yeah, look, you, you, you're not betting against Bernal. Even. Like no one, you know, even Whitey, these guys, they understand how strong he's been. Everyone, I think, would be surprised if Bernal was to falter from here. Yeah. Um, but hey, anything can happen. Yeah, three massive big stages to come. They've had the weather. He seemed to manage it well. But who knows? Yeah. There could be some after effects. And then he's back. You know, they keep talking about whether his back's going to get through or not. Well, it looks like it is going to, but it's been put under a lot of pressure, hasn't it? So if he does yeah. end up having yeah. a back problem the next day or so. Yeah, a lot more pressure in the next uh, few days as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It should be interesting. Anyway, look, I'm looking forward to this last climb. The, the Sega. Siga di Alla, which is yeah, eleven kilometers long and and super steep by all sounds of it. So if if what Whitey's saying is correct, which there's no reason to think it's not, this is potentially harder than what we saw in the Zonkline the other day, which is extraordinary. Yep, yep, it's a mm. big day for Yatesy, mate. This is his day. I can feel it coming. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can. Hey, what about in other news, Johnny? Other news, um, the. Uh, the, you know, you know, I'm a fan of, of track cycling, of course, and as as we all are. But uh, the European Track Championships were to be or are to be held in Belarus at the end of June, and a few countries um, are calling for that to not happen. So Great Britain and uh, Germany, in particular, um, with their um, um, autocrat leader um, diverting a Ryanair plane. You mean and, dictator? You know, Dictator, yeah, yeah, autocrat, yeah. dictator, yeah, <laughs> arsehole, whatever you want to call him, he is, he is it. Um, so declared himself the winner after the 2020 elections last year. Big protest ensured. The journalist that actually filmed those protests was flying from Athens to Lithuania. Um, and, yeah, the, the boss man, he, uh, he got that plane diverted, basically hijacked a plane through yeah. Belarus airspace to get them to land um, and arrest him. So that, that, that's extraordinary. That is a, a major international incident. Yeah. And the UCI and the European Track Cycling Championships will most likely now be uh, diverted somewhere else as well, away from Belarus, because you, you cannot be rewarding countries like that. No, I agree. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Too much of it. 
Yeah. All right, well, it could be uh, it could be the record. Uh, I've been told lately we should be trying to keep it down close to half an hour. We've never looked like doing it, but with no other guests today, Whitey couldn't stay too long. We've really talked about everything that we have to talk about. So for all our fans out there, YouTube.com, the Detour Podcast, tell all your mates about it because uh, we're getting bigger and bigger, but we need more coverage, more hits out there. So our next lot of spots can come on so we can get bigger and bigger. How's that sound? Yeah, that yeah, sounds good, mate. <laughs> sounds good. Hey, look, Bernal, because we're getting questions about whether Bernal will ride the Tour de France. I think yesterday uh, I said, look, it's highly unlikely. Um, and, yeah, he's basically come out and confirmed that, that, um, you know, yeah. he, he won't be doing it. Their, their plan was for him to win the Giro. Just because he wins the Giro, they're not going to say, hey, wow, he's got good form. Let's take him to the Tour. Um, you know, they were hoping he had good form. They knew he had good form. That's why he was here to try and win it. That's what he's doing now. And, uh, you know, there's still the Olympics and the, um, the Vuelta España still to come. And the Olympics is a really tough circuit, which, you know, that's, we, we spoke about that uh, last week, I think, John, you know, with why, and even yeah. Cadell mentioned why Michael Matthews wasn't in the team. He thought Michael should be there because he's a, a one-day winner. He knows how to win bike races. Um, but, yeah, when you, the closer you look at the course, you know, it's five times around the last slopes of Mount Fuji, which is a brute of a climb itself that features in... The uh, Tour of Japan often the climb up Mount Fuji as a time trial or a road stage, and um, while they're not doing the whole climb, it's five times over it. It's going to be pretty nasty and Man, perhaps four thousand meters of climbing or something. That's like four yeah, thousand. So that's brutal. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty tough, isn't it? So that that's more of a banal kind and of than, than, than Matthews. And I suppose it's that, that is something that Richie Port could. Um, Maybe his first uh, a big one day success or something like that because it is more of a, of a grand tour type stage. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, that, that Richie hasn't? I guess they just you know you look at the one day races. You know, there are a few of them that have those massive big climbs that he excels in. But look, he wins stages of you know, Paris Nice and all these other different races. You know, whether Wollonga Hill, or Wollonga Hill at Tour Down Under. Okay, it's within a tour, but he's he's the standout climber on those sorts of days as well. So, you know, there's no reason why Richie can't do well in these one-day races. He just hasn't really focused on them and they haven't been, you know, specifically the train that, that suits him best. I do remember in Rio he was actually going really well. Yeah, he just crashed stuck. out. Yeah, he yeah, crashed, crashed out. But he actually yeah. was uh, was going really well at Rio, so we've got to be a bit fair, I suppose. That was a pretty tough course as well, although not nowhere near as tough as uh, as this one. It's a solid course. Um, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Rio wasn't as hard as people thought in the end. Like hard, no, hard for, for I, I reckon Sagan, Sagan yeah. would have been really uh, a bit peeved that he picked the mountain bikes instead of that because uh, it would have been a great course for him. Yeah, absolutely. And when he saw Greg Van Avermaet, you know, a guy that at that yeah. time he was out climbing anyway, yeah. come away with the, as, with the Olympic gold medal, then, yeah, I'm sure he had a lot of regrets after that one. And yeah. Peter has been, uh, I remember interviewing him at Tour Down Under a couple of years ago, and the question from the audience actually was, was put to him, uh, you know, is there something you haven't done, something else that you want to, to win? If you only had one more, I think it was, if you could only win one more race ever, what would it be? And he said, well, it would be the Olympic Games road race. So big regrets, I think, from 2016. Yeah. Um, and I think this course this year, you know, he, he's not quite the climber that he used to be, so I don't think no, it suits him this year. No, no, no. 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 All right. Well, thanks heaps, mate. And um, tomorrow night we'll have one of our big-name guests that we just mentioned. I, I think it could be Lordy. Is it Lordy tomorrow night? 
Uh, well, um, Hank said he can come on. Hank said he was oh, happy to Hank. come on. So, oh, that'd yeah, be yeah. great. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, I've got some funny uh, Giro stories with Hank. Um, we'll stir Robbie up. Um, and um, thanks heaps. Thanks, uh, fans. And thanks, Dan, in the background, pushing the buttons. Uh, he'll be back tomorrow night. Night all. This is the winning